Anderson here, and boy, it's getting real close to the holiday season. We're in the thick of it right here in the middle of December 2020, and um, what a different year it's been, but what a beautiful time the holidays can be just to kind of tie everything back together and you jump into some of those family traditions and it doesn't feel that different when you have those special traditions and memories you can kind of lock into. And uh, I recognize there's been a lot of changes for a lot of folks this year. And But I guess what I'm commenting on is how there are sometimes those neat little things that can just bring you right back to feeling like, um, you know, feeling like a special moment and remembering all the years past with good memories and things like that. And uh, family traditions have a special way of doing that for us. And hope you're in the thick of that. I know with uh, with me and my wife, Annie, and our three boys, we're trying to build more memories as the boys grow. And we have a few fun ones going. Uh, I'll tell you, my wife's been fantastic about getting photos with Santa. Uh, they didn't do that this year, but every year prior uh, they've gotten photos with Santa, and it's neat to just see them up against each other, comparing the growth and size and marking that. And the boys now nine, seven, and five. They do enjoy. It's been funny just the last few days. They've wanted to watch Home Alone. We've probably watched that movie now. I don't know four times in the last three days. I don't know. <laughs> we'll watch it. I'm sure we'll watch it ten more times in the next five days. <laughs> it's funny. Oh, you have to laugh. Um, at any rate, I hope you are finding yourself in the thick of some traditions for the holidays and hoping you feel some of that uh, special magic that the holidays can bring. Um, financially, I do have a few things to talk about. And on, on the program, you know, the big idea, the smart people money show, things people do with their money that is smart and things smart people do that uh, or rather don't do with their money, things smart people do not do with their money. Um, that is two different thoughts that we have that I always like to try and uh, weave in some financial topics here. It's just me going solo today, no interviews. Um, hopefully in the near future here, I will have a few interviews for you. I do have a CPA that I've talked with about having him on the program. Um, at any rate, that's to come in 2021. But today I wanted to share a few few just financial things that uh, have been on my mind. I know uh, refinancing has been something that if you own a home, you look at refinancing when it makes sense. The general rule of thumb people look at is to say, if you can save three quarters of 1% uh, on your rate, then it might be a good idea to look at refinancing. That's just a very general rule of thumb. Of course, what matters a lot is how long you're going to stay in that property. There are costs to do the refinance. Generally, that gets tacked onto the loan amount. And so you don't really have to write a check for it, but it's there into the loan amount. And so at, at, uh, if you're going to be moving in the next year or two, might not make sense to pay those costs to get the lower rate. Uh, although if you're going to be staying there for a while, uh, you look at uh, the cost to recoup the fees to do the refinance and you might say, hey, this is pretty nice. We're going to do much better than breaking even here. Uh, so a few ways to analyze that and having a good loan officer really helps. Um, my wife and I just finished the process of refinancing um, our property. And boy, I'll tell you uh, what an experience it was. Uh, you have a good loan officer, it really makes a big difference. And they can navigate the process and help you, you know, just understand what what's coming next. And through the, the decline of interest rates, it took a while to get it done just because there was such a backlog with underwriting. Uh, 
because everyone was going to refinance because the rates went really low. They since went up, and then now I think they're back low again, really low. And, you know, it's such a relative thing, low relative to what? And um, anyhow, if you own a home and if you've refinanced, you know what I'm talking about. If you have not refinanced yet, it's worth just taking a look. Um, Talking to a a loan officer is a fair idea and way to do that. It doesn't cost anything to have a conversation with a loan officer. Um, you, You can just, you know, generally get an idea of where the rates are and what you're looking at. Um, where do I want to go next? So the refinance, the refinance process, you know, that jumps into low rates. People see the housing markets across most places in the United States now have been doing really well this year. Some people are puzzled by how well the housing markets are relative to how difficult a year it's been for many millions of folks. The unemployment rate has been high. Um, there's been numerous struggles and various types of uh, relief and and, and incentive programs and other things that have been put out there, but the market just continues to rise. Well, why, why is that? How is that? And, and in many ways I, I look at it and say, I think it's because rates are so low that people are buying or buying up or obviously refinancing, but, but through that process, it's made people, buy more and the demand to purchase has been has been strong which drives the prices up. Now if rates go up at some point, that'll put a lot of pressure on the housing prices continuing to rise. So that's one thing we always look at and it's very there's a very correlated connection between housing prices and interest rates. So as interest rates are low, prices can go higher for the homes that are sold. And as interest rates go up, People can't afford to buy much house, so uh, prices go down, generally how it speaks, how it goes. So um, always looking at that stuff and and uh, rather interesting to do that. On that same line, I had a, a client reach out to me this week and they said, hey, Mike, I have a few questions for you. And that's normally how these things go. And so we got together for lunch, a socially distanced lunch uh, and uh it was it was nice, but the conversation went somewhere along the lines of, I have some money and I'm considering moving here in the next six months, but it's more money that I've ever really had, um, $300,000 sitting in my checking account, and what should I do with it? Could I invest that and make some money? You know, and that's, I think, fair to have that as a thought, but I look at it and it's a very clear, easy answer for me. No, you shouldn't invest that. You should keep that in a bank and you should probably keep that in two banks because of the size of it. Unless it's held in your and your wife's name, uh, you want to be considerate of the FDIC insurance limits for the account. Aside from that, you which is 250000 now, um, but you want to be considerate of that, but you also want to be considerate of your time horizon being around six months, you're going to be using the money. This is definitely not something you're going to risk trying to earn a few percentage points of gain, yet potentially losing multiple percentage points um, of your principal. You just don't want to risk it. doesn't make any sense at all to try and do that, in my opinion, um, because the time horizon is so short. Even though he may have an appetite to take on risk right now, 
with such a short time horizon, it's um, it boggles my mind to think that we might be able to go pick a winner for the next six months. It's just very hard to do that, and I'm not comfortable in that space at all, and I don't recommend it. So um, such a short time horizon, very easy answer. That was how that conversation went. But additionally, he was talking about looking at a duplex, and he was wondering about how it looks in the math for real estate and owning a property. And so we talked a little bit about that, but, uh, but generally speaking, um, those are interesting conversations to have and to think about, um, with regards to, um, you know, real estate or having cash or where you're at. So, um, that was an interesting conversation. I wanted to just mention that and where else do I want to go today? I've had a few clients talk to me about income for retirement and they want to, there's, there's a general, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to mention a few things and then I'm going to tie in a bigger thought here. So there's a general idea of saying, Hey, I, uh, worked for this money. I've saved it. And now I think I want to use it. So let's, let's cash out. Let's, you know, let's start using this money. I want to do some things. And, and I think obviously if that's money just sitting in your investment account or your savings account, it's very easy to do that. There's not much in terms of tax implications, um, potentially some capital gains. Um, but what happens sometimes is if it's a retirement account, an IRA, a 401k, something along those lines, a retirement account where you've got some tax deferral when you put the money in. And when you take the money out, you have to pay taxes. What happens a lot of times in those scenarios is people don't take much out because whenever you take money out, you have to pay taxes. So it's kind of, it doesn't mean you can't take it out. It just means it's less attractive because when you take it out, it's just added income that you're going to pay taxes on. So, so people don't like doing that necessarily in large chunks. And uh, sometimes we forget that, or sometimes we don't know the strategy of, of our retirement funds and utilizing them. Conversely to that same thought is we talk a lot, even on this program, about Roth conversions. And that's exactly what Roth conversions are, is taking money out of your tax-deferred retirement accounts and paying the taxes on them now, but then getting them back into Roth IRA where you don't have to pay any taxes on them later when you take that money out. So there's some some cool caveats to that, but that's the general idea. And um, it's interesting, though. I guess what I'm getting at is... A lot of very smart people out there, a lot of successful, smart, intelligent folks out there, but investing and taxes and other kind of strategies along investing in taxes and real estate and interest rates are not their everyday forte. That's not where they shine and where they have high levels of experience. So it's not as clear. It's not as easy to decipher what makes good sense and what might be uh, something to avoid. Um, And that was what I found over just a few conversations in this last week with some clients and some friends regarding financial stuff. You know, often I forget that. Often I assume that the knowledge that I have is knowledge that we all have and that it's easy. And so in many ways I discount uh, my internally, I discount the value that I'm providing Whereas in 
in effect, what I realize with some of these conversations is, no, they don't, they don't know that. That's is, this is new to them, and this is very helpful information. So sometimes it is easy, and the decisions are easy, and sometimes it's um, difficult because you're weighing options, or it's more challenging, or you just don't know what you don't know. So a couple thoughts I found interesting uh, this week, and I did want to record this before we get into the weekend here. The holiday season, right in the thick of it, as we say. Um, so really, really good stuff. All right. I think I'm going to stop there and I wish you all the best this holidays. Thank you for tuning in and listening. Thank you for, for being here. And um, I hope you have a wonderful special season. All right. We'll do be doing much more come 2021. If you have any thoughts on something you'd like to hear me talk about or discuss, you can always write in and we'll go ahead and get that on a future show. Um, you can email me, michael at marinantha.com, or you could email the team support at marinantha.com. We'll get it squared away. Um, michael at marinantha.com or support at marinantha.com. That's M-A-R-A-N-A-N-T-H-A.com. You can also go to the website and get more information about my firm, what we do, hear previous podcasts and information at marinantha.com. Uh, what else? Oh, the disclosure. Here we go. Um, so this show is educational. I do not know who's listening. I do not know your specific situation in the context. So this is not advice. If you're looking for advice, please do find someone that can help you, a tax, legal, or financial professional. With that, I'll bid you adieu. Have a wonderful day. Bye now.